It's that time on a Thursday morning, and we are going to cross live to uh, Vinesville. We don't actually know where that is, but it is somewhere out there. And uh, Steve Vines is there, and on Facebook Live as well. Steve, how are you, sir? Okay, I'm in an undisclosed, uh, undisclosed <laughs> location. Every window is sealed. For many, Everything is sealed. For many good reasons, right? You're in an undisclosed yeah, location. Have you seen the people? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been quite a week, actually, as it has been for the last few weeks, really, hasn't yeah. it? And, uh, you know, there was all that flurry of activity yesterday um, at uh, just before six o'clock. And so, yeah, so, so this is this is Muppetsville, mm. otherwise known as government headquarters, where where these these people who have been not handling the virus for the better part now of um, two to three months. We're now in 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 quite clearly in the third month of this crisis, and what they love is never to learn from what's happened before. So they had a panicky response. There were reports of these people having been affected in a cluster. They'd attended a karaoke lounge. Um, I think it was in Chimsa Choi, or maybe it was Wan Chai. I can't remember that detail. So they go, oh, 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 oh right, panic, panic, panic. Let's, let's, let's. So they, they decided yesterday to close down all karaoke lounges. You can imagine what an enormous gap that's left in my life, plus Mahjong parlors. <laughs> And, and they then, because they're so masterly at doing this stuff, they then gave them an enormous period of notice. That would be four minutes. Four minutes. And said, and <laughs> said I heard, heard the Secretary for Health and whatever it is she does on the Wednesday um, saying, oh, well, you know, that might be quite short notice. No, it might not be. It is short notice. Four minutes to close down a business. Let me tell you, Sophia Chan, it's not short notice. It's damn right stupid and then the, the justifications were just amazing i mean it's all of a piece these are the people who who you know really couldn't run the proverbial in a brewery mm. they had the obvious information that people gather in karaoke lounges even i know that i'm not an expert but even i know that they know that when people play mahjong at mahjong parlors they sit around small tables quite close together and clink the tiles. Gosh, this is not new information. This has been known down the decades in Hong Kong. And they've suddenly realized that some of this may represent close contact. Gosh, well, they've recognized it at the last minute and then panic, you know, oh, 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 I'll do it now. Four minutes notice, yeah, you'll go to jail if you don't observe it, but we'll give you leniency because even we know that four minutes isn't quite long enough. I mean, can't they just get themselves organised, just marginally organised? Remember last week, we had the... Oh, before we go to last week, mm. part of this yesterday's panic was they said, oh, we're going to close down all clubhouses, except it turned out that that wasn't part of this new regulation. Right. I mean, what you need in the middle of a crisis like this is a firm hand on the tiller, not a wobbly little hand with sweaty palms that keeps slipping off the tiller, keeps sort of throwing its hands up in the air and going, oh my goodness, oh, it's all much worse than I thought it was. You know, come on, get a grip. It's unreasonable. I don't think these people are capable of getting grip, but if they were, I mean, look at what happened last week. They, they suddenly declared that, that, that um, sales of alcohol in restaurants and bars 
was not going to be tolerated. And Carrie Lamb blithely announced that bars, she said, oh, bars, they could be doing something else. Um, as I think I mentioned on the programme last week, that might include holding quantum physics lectures or, or, or possibly reinventing the atom. I don't know what she thinks bars would be doing if they weren't selling alcohol. I understand she's never been in a bar. They're very intimate the places, aren't they? They're very intimate places. Isn't that what we, we heard? We did. Okay. And, and can I say the war on intimacy must continue. I hope long after this virus has gone, we will have managed to stamp out intimacy in the Hong Kong SAR. In fact, if, if there was ever a priority, the stamping out of intimacy, I think, is something that needs to be done. But in the case of alcohol, it wasn't just intimacy. There was a hint of enjoyment, Ooh. which also needed to be stamped out. Anyway, you know, they suddenly realised that this was bonkers 101. And instead of gracefully saying, you know, yet again, we've cocked it up. In fact, I don't believe they ever said, yet again, we've cocked it up. They saw it, oh, well, you know, licensing regulations and all. Whatever it was they said, instantly forgettable. And then Gary Lamb trots off to one of her <laughs> wonderful visits, which um, if you look at the government press, the official government news press site, you will see pictures of. You know, Carrie Lamb inspect, inspects elderly homes, um, basket weaving or whatever it is she does. I mean, they have these marvellous little staged events where no media is allowed. I wonder why that is. They only have the official photographer. There's a job um, people must be scrambling over hot coals to get to, to photograph this grim faced pastel shaded clad lady sitting there or standing. She's often standing, I notice, mm. in these photographs. I hope the listener will note that point. Looking grimly at whoever it is she's looking grimly at and inspecting their work. It's about time um, she took a tour of Lan Kwai Fung, right, I, I think. I can, I can see her taking she's a look. She's there most nights. Yeah, I, down to um, insomnia. know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she takes us a tour of Lan Kwai Fung, I think I can say with confidence she'll more or less double the numbers of people who are down there at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, mean, but I mean, what? Mm, sorry. Go on, go on. Well, I was just going to say, what, the, what this um, feeds into... And it's hardly surprising that it does feed into this. And it was reflected in a <coughs> very interesting opinion poll in the South China Morning Post this week, which showed that an overwhelming majority of people give the government absolutely no credit. In fact, are very dissatisfied with the way that they have been handling the crisis. And they say that where things have gone right, that's down to the people of Hong Kong. Nothing to do with the government. And you take the prime example of this, why do we now have enough face masks in Hong Kong, albeit some of them rather pricey and difficult for people of low incomes to buy? Nothing to do with this administration at all. They singularly failed. They, 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 they did a clacking of clipboards to see if that would produce face masks, and it turned out that it didn't. <coughs> so, you know, non-government organizations, companies, individuals got on the job, and we've got face masks in Hong Kong. Nothing to do with the government whatsoever. And incidentally, all this business <coughs> of the government and certain numpties criticising Hong Kongers for panic buying, which indeed did happen over things like loo roll and other paper products. Mm. Well, you know, Hong Kong isn't alone in that. Look at what's happening in Europe at the moment. Look what's happening in the United States. <coughs> Entire supermarket shelves have been cleared of goods 
Why is that? Because people do not have, <coughs> excuse me, do not have confidence in governments to do the job. If you look at places where governments are doing the job, like Switzerland, like Taiwan, where they have contingency plans and contingency stocks, there's been no panic buying whatsoever. So before people self-righteously go out and say, oh, you know, Hong Kongers, they're always panicking, oh, terrible people, I think that they should now apologize and say Hong Kongers did in, in fact get into a bit of a tizzy, but it didn't last as long as it's now lasting in Europe and the United States. And actually that tizzy probably had a good reason because people have no confidence here. Mm, mm. Mm. I mean, it is interesting, though, and, and we've said this already, but uh, just to say it again, that, um, you know, if we go back a, a month, two months, we were we were looked um, as the bad boys of the world. And, uh, you know, it sort of changed a bit now, hasn't it? You know, um, all those people who sort of fled out of Hong Kong to Europe and, you know, now trying to get back and or, or not got back and are now in the midst of it in France or, or the UK or, or wherever. Um, Where it's actually infinitely worse. Yeah, so it seems, yeah. Worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it also, let's look back, because I, I really don't want anybody to forget this. Um, in other parts of the world, uh, Britain is an example, Italy is another example, France is another example, where people have gone out on the streets to applaud health workers, and the governments have spent a lot of time praising the frontline medical staff who've been having to cope with this enormous problem. What's happened in Hong Kong? The health workers who were so concerned about the failure to close the border with the mainland and went on strike to, to, to force the government to do that. There's still people going around saying, oh, well, I don't understand why they haven't been arrested. Yet, mm. the reality is that what they were urging the government to do was eventually done. So who was right and who was wrong in all of this? Not the government, I would say. I make that point again <laughs> because I feel very strongly that criticizing frontline health staff at a time like this is is such the wrong thing to do. And if you're a genius and actually thinks that they needed to be round up and put in prison, hell will have a little place for her to rest in the days to come, I imagine. I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Well, you know, what's going on with, with healthcare around uh, around the world? Um, in some places, you know, we're hearing now that sort of private and public healthcare are even being merged together. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole different view on healthcare because of this crisis, isn't there? And, and that's that's not really really been reflected here yet. Well, I think I think people in other jurisdictions have got it. This is this is a, an unprecedented crisis. It requires unprecedented measures. In Hong Kong, they are still these these muppets in in Tamar, which apparently is where the government headquarters are, are still going. Well, we've got rules and regulations, you know. We've got you know we've got all sorts of rules, and uh, you know they're totally inflexible. They do not realise that they're not waiting for the avalanche. The avalanche is coming down the hill, you know. And when it's coming down the hill, what you do is you don't first of all turn to the rule book to see if you can find a way of not doing anything, because that's what bureaucrats always do. That's what the rule book is there for, a hundred ways of not doing something. What they should be doing is putting the rule book back in the desk and saying, today we're going to get this done, tomorrow we're going to get that done. It, even now, even now, you don't get that sense that they are actually realising. Let me give you another example, which I think everybody knows about, is this business of 
um, making subsidies available to companies and um, uh, well, to companies basically for, for 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 loss of business. Now, in other jurisdictions, people have realised that the real deep suffering is not just in companies; it's in the people who've been laid off, mm. the people who, particularly um, part-time workers who've just been summar summarily dismissed, but people in full-time employment have also lost their jobs. We don't even know in Hong Kong what the level of employment is at the moment. I would strongly suggest that it must be in double digits. We don't have any figures to substantiate that. And what is being done to support people in these dire circumstances? Oh, that's right, nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is beyond outrageous. I mean, what the bureaucrats say is, oh, well, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a system and they can apply for this and they can apply for that. It is true that if you have the patience and you, you, you have the ability to fill in many, many forms, you could, in fact, eke out a couple of dollars from the state system. That is true. But, you know... But you've probably, spent, are, it, you've probably spent it all in the time and effort that you put into go through the well, forms. Well, I hope people don't expire waiting in line for any of this to happen. <laughs> so, you know, you haven't got that social security safety net that mm. is badly needed. What you have got is a promise of $10,000 from everybody for everybody from Li Ka-shing to the to the poor old ladies who are wandering around the streets picking up cardboard same amount of money for everyone which is going to be paid in oh that's right the end of august the yeah. end of august you know even in britain i mean i have to admit i come from britain i know something about how government works even in britain yeah there are complaints that payouts to the unemployed are going to be delayed until June, as though this is some impossible atrocity. In Hong Kong, where we're supposed to have the world's finest banking system, blah, 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 it apparently is impossible to do this until just before the LegCo elections. That's probably yeah. a coincidence. It, it, oh, and incidentally, we don't even know if we're gonna have them. I mean, we've already seen yesterday the, the very wonderful and lovely and warm cuddly Junius Ho, the defeated district councillor in Yoon Long, suggesting that the elections need to be postponed because of this this panic. I wonder why he's making that suggestion. I wonder I'm sure why. <laughs> nothing to do about the prospects of his re-election. Surely, but, surely you know, not. That couldn't be the case. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a fine, upstanding citizen. I mean, personal motives can't be included here. And won't be. <laughs> Thursday morning, it's Steve Wines time, and we'll be back with Steve in a moment. The Fire Services Department. Steve on the line from Vinesville. And Steve, let's go through a couple of emails and uh, other bits and pieces that are here. Actually, first on uh, Facebook, uh, Diego says, this is what happens when you let civil servants play politicians. It's sad to see that a rich city such as Hong Kong cannot take steps like Switzerland, where I live now, uh, just close it all down and fairly compensate the businesses. Money is abundantly around in Hong Kong, isn't it? Maybe stop funding white elephants like the Useless Bridge and the Lantau Mega Reclamation Project. That's Diego uh, in Switzerland. Hmm. Well, I think Diego has a point, hasn't he? I mean, you think how much money is available for these white elephant projects. Hmm. Um, the, the Lantau land reclamation, thank goodness, hasn't started. And I very much hope that it never will. But I mean, that will be that will make 
the the bridge to nowhere, i.e. the the Zhuhai Macau Hong Kong bridge, look like a bargain basement <laughs> option and make the useless high-speed railway. I mean, they're all closed down. Oh no, the bridge isn't closed down. No, the railway's closed down at the moment. Um, but who notices because nobody used it before it was closed down anyway. It will make them look like, you know, sort of little little dangling cheap items on a Christmas tree. It is true. This government always has money to build mega, mega projects. Money for people, directly going to people. Nah, that's really expensive. And this is what officials always say, and it's a recurrent expenditure. Well, they've got that right. It is a recurrent expenditure, yes. Mm, mm. So is taxation. So are rents and rates, etc., etc. They're all recurrent expenditures. That's how you raise money. And the reclamation was a huge number. Well, I can't remember what the number was, but it was an amazing number, wasn't it? It was, you know... Well, and the new justification for that. I mean, what, what absolutely staggers me about the land tower reclamation is the original ostensible purpose for this it was that it was the only way of creating land for housing to, to solve hong kong's housing crisis this was declared after the government itself launched a, a, an inquiry into land and that inquiry was actually running while before this stupid plan was announced and it identified a myriad of ways of creating new land for housing brushed aside by Carrie Lamb, who said, no, 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 that's all too complicated. We can spend trillions, and we are talking about trillions of dollars on this land reclamation plan. And then what was almost breathtaking is they'd forgotten that that was the line. And Paul Chan, who apparently does a job called finance secretary, but, you know, I think that's confidential. So, listener, you heard that first here, um, <laughs> said, oh, no, 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 no. The reason why we need the reclamation program is to secure land premium um, uh, uh, amounts from the property developers to boost up our reserves. So, really? Really? Is that the new line? I'm getting confused. I mean, I'm sure that either Carrie or Paul, will, will, Paul Chan rather, will be phoning into this program in a minute to clarify that. And I'll be um, holding my breath while that happens. Okay, let's look look at what else what else have we got here. Uh, comment from Alvin. Um, just look at uh, Muslam. Intimacy is never an element when it comes to carry. Well, there's a bit of a comment there. <laughs> um, uh, Dave says, um, I think the government needs to be put on ten thousand dollars for six months and see how they manage. They will not be able to balance the books. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are talking about some of the highest paid bureaucrats on the planet. Uh, Carrie Lamb, I think, earns 10 times more than the President of the United States. Now, obviously, she's got a bigger job to do than the President of the United States, so that seems fair. Um, uh, Tippy says, good morning. Um, intimacy in Hong Kong? Uh, where? Tell me, so I can go get some. <laughs> oh, that's so unfair. <laughs> Um, and Craig here. Um, financial regulators around the world require bank staff to take a mandatory 10 days of continuous leave to ensure those staff members are up to no good in covering up positions, etc. Along comes COVID-19 and those regulators 
are saying, OK, banks, this year we will relax those rules as your staff working from home won't actually have anywhere to go. But not here in Hong Kong. Some Jobsworth with a clipboard has said, quote, oh, no, look at the rule book. It says you must have 10 days of continuous leave and we will stick with that. Um, Muppets, complete Muppets, says Craig on Lantau. Uh, over generous. <laughs> <laughs> you have to thank those those green puppets for the word Muppet, don't you? I mean, what would you we really be, do? What would I, we I, be I, without I, that in this place? <laughs> it, 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 it sums everything up. There is um, a um, slightly more sinister aspect to what's going on, and I think maybe maybe we could just talk about it briefly. Mm, mm. So these rules about social distancing which, as I think everybody who's listening knows, means that more than four people can't gather at one time in one place. It seems that this is being used by the police to take action against um, what is still going on in the background, which is the protest movement. Mm. You know, that hasn't gone away. Remember, <clears throat> we're now in the ninth, the ninth month of that, so it, it's a very long-standing thing. But you know, we saw in Prince Edward Road the police stopping people on suspicion of being young in the street of Prince Edward Road, uh, where they were commemorating one of the anniversaries mm. outside the Prince Edward MTR station. In the end, they arrested them not for breaking the social gathering rules, but for unlawful um, public assembly. But at the same time, and much less observed, were about 30 journalists were rounded up. And, oh. uh, 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 well, not, not much publicity given to that. And what were they round up for? Oh, we have to inspect your credentials. You know, the fact that you're there with a, with a camera, with, with all the gear that people do have when they're covering demonstrations, apparently, suddenly is not enough for the police. And on top of this, and this really is getting a bit sinister, is, is, is large squads of policemen entering well-known eateries that are part of the so-called yellow economy mm. uh, in case anybody doesn't know what that about you know they're, they're, there's these are establishments who've identified themselves on various social media platforms as being supporters of the protest and therefore part of the yellow economy as opposed to certain organizations who are part of the blue economy now you know we're all supposed to be pulling together during this crisis the police interpretation of that is well, yes, but uh, if we can also use it as an opportunity to, you know, have a bit of a go at those lads who are a bit, you know, yellowish, uh, I think we'll do that. I mean, this is not right. It really, I mean, it's not right in any circumstances, but you cannot have a government whose, whose slogan, and I keep forgetting what it is, but there's some pathetic new little slogan been produced to, to commemorate the apparently something about pulling together or pulling apart I don't know which it is it's one of those anyway <laughs> this doesn't apart. seem to me to be part of that um, this doesn't seem to be something that will mm. be accomplished by this but you know remember in the midst of this crisis what is the government's priority it is to make sure that that the political movement is defeated ie the protest movement is defeated Oh, and by the way, if we can handle the, the coronavirus crisis at the same time, that would be nice. 
but, this, I, but, you know, but that brings it's us, breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Isn't it? I mean, I guess that brings us back to that survey this week um, that we've already talked about. Um, that uh, you know, what what who do people think should be thanked for um, you know a perceived um, getting over the coronavirus? Should it should it be the public or should it be the government? And uh, uh, it's clearly that um, they don't think the government has has managed to recover. And one would think that in this kind of circumstance, there is a great opportunity for the government to to recover some of its credibility right but is, isn't that, i mean isn't that interesting um if you look at other places even in america governed or uh, presided over by this self-declared scientific journalist a uh, journalist genius who, who who said at the early stage of the crisis that it was a hoax that that it would all be over in a couple of weeks and we didn't need to worry about it it was a conspiracy of the fake news media and the democrats etc etc even in america the popularity ratings of the president of the united states the fellow with the orange hair have gone up mm. in britain where boris johnson has bumbled from you know uh, this to that to that to this his ratings have gone up it is a very usual pattern at a time of crisis that whoever's the leader gets some credit for being in command and sure. trying to solve things what's happened to carrie lamb's credibility ratings yeah they've gone down <laughs> she she's a, she's a pattern defier she's a one woman pattern defier and you know it takes quite a lot because she had an enormous i think this is something you said before the break she had an enormous opportunity to use this unprecedented situation to enhance her credentials as a leader and in line with her general policy of never missing a chance to miss a chance she said i'm going to miss this as a chance i'm going to go into carry lamb mode and we all know what that looks like it's not a pretty sight but you know good luck carry <laughs> i'm sure Here's a curveball. If we if we still had, um, you know, one of the former incumbents uh, of that job in place, who 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 would have done a better job? Do you reckon over the last uh, twelve months? You know, we've we've had a had a number of people over the years, haven't we? And mm. well, we've had four chief executives since the creation of the Hong Kong SAR. The first one um, was uh, Tung Chiwa, was so amazingly incompetent that he had to develop urgent pressing illness reasons to be replaced. The second one, Donald Jung, um, as, as you may remember, w w was so outstanding in his performance that he ended up in jail. The third one, um, uh, C.Y. Leung, who everybody said will never get a chief executive as bad as C.Y. Leung until Carrie arrived, which was his successor, was not allowed to serve two terms um, by Beijing, which everybody had expected he would be. Again, because, you know, he could hardly walk down the street without people hating him. And to be fair, he hated them as well. So it was a mutual two-way thing. So, you know, we, we've got an unbroken record of unsuccessful, hand-picked chief executives of the Hong Kong SAR. And when I say hand-picked, I know that there's some farcical little pretense that they're elected by an election committee of 1,200 people. But, you know, we're all grown-ups here. We know how that works. They're selected in Beijing. And Beijing wants loyalists. They want obedient people. They want people who, who will, you know, when, when asked to jump, will just ask the question, how high? 
And how's that worked? Not brilliantly, I would say. So would any of the other three have done better than Carrie? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure I have an answer for that. Is she going to stay, do you think? Are we going to still see her in oh, situ in six or 12 months' time? She's walking dead. I don't have any serious doubt about that. I think the only reason she's still in office is just because they haven't got anybody to take over. And even mm. they seem to realise that in the middle of a coronavirus crisis probably isn't the best time to shuffle the deck. I, I confidently assume that someone is being, well, not someone, I imagine quite a number of people are being talked to at the moment. Regina, it's not you. I'm sorry. I know you like to put your hand up and every time, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I'm, 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 I'm your girl, don't you worry. And, but it will be somebody else. Not her. We're back to the, we're back back to the Muppets there. That image. Oh, yeah, back, yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, there's an endless supply of useless people, <laughs> but the problem in Hong Kong is there's also a good supply of good people, mm. and you can be absolutely sure none of the good people are even being looked at for this job. People remember said in the wake of um, the multiple failures of Carrie Lam as a leader, you know, wouldn't John Jung? have been, who, who, remember, was in the election, so-called. Mm. Um, wouldn't he have done a better job, arguably? I don't know. Um, but the, 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 the person who, um, and I don't want to damn him with faint praise by mentioning him, but I don't think he has the slightest chance of being selected. If you've got to go for a Beijing loyalist, why not go for a real one, like Jan Yuk Singh, who is genuinely popular across the board, mm. who is competent, who has a high degree of integrity. And there's the problem, the high degree of integrity, because that's not required to do this job, unfortunately. But I would have thought that somebody like Jan Yot Singh, in command of the government at this time, would have done a better job. I because think, he's got mm. good instincts. Yeah, it certainly seems that uh, you know people respect him, uh, if nothing else, which is a, which is a good starting point for these these things. Isn't well, you it? know, so. I mean, I respect him. He's almost certainly a Communist Party member, not my cup of tea. But you know, you can respect people who you disagree with politically mm. if you think that they have the qualities to do the job. Now, whether he could actually be elected in a genuine election, not this farcical election of one thousand two hundred people. I mean, a real election. I. I don't know. I think he'd have a pretty good chance, actually. But the fact is, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to agree with every single word um, that comes out of his mouth or, or indeed agree with his party affiliation to say that someone who has proved, and he proved it when he was president of VEGCO, that he is genuinely prepared to reach across the aisle to people he doesn't agree with, who has enough backbone to say to the bosses in Beijing, I don't think this is in the interests of Hong Kong, when the interests of Hong Kong are put into question. Somebody with that kind of backbone would, would really be able to do this job. Um, backbone, Carrie Lam, not two words that should be allowed in the same <laughs> sentence. They really shouldn't. Okay, um, final word, I guess, before we let you go, um, from Alvin. Um, and he says, um, Jim Henson is protesting from his grave for such usage of the word Muppets. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jim. I, I know, I know. It's unfair. And I, I take it all back. But, you know, I, I was criticising a lot of these people for being poodles. And as a dog lover, 
I've been reprimanded for bringing dogs into disrepute. So I, you know, it's difficult. That's all I'm saying. It's not easy. You bad boy, as ever. Brilliant. Steve, live from Vinesville, on the line and on Facebook Live and on RTHK Radio 3. Um, every Thursday morning, we will see you back here next week. Steve, have a good week. Thank you. All right, take care. 